Witness protection can't erase his past. This is Nailgun Messiah, the first book in the Micah Reed series. One novel, read to you a chapter at a time. Join us each week for a new installment of the story and get the book at jimheskett.com forward slash nailgun podcast. And now, the host and author, Jim Heskett. Hey everybody out there in podcast land. What time is it, you say? Oh yeah, that's right. It's podcasting time. So welcome to the Nailgun Messiah podcast, which is why I'm here and I hope that's why you're here. If you're here for something else, uh, you're in the wrong spot. And if this is your first episode of the show you're ever listening to, you're doing it wrong. Go back to the first one because... This podcast tells a serialized story from beginning to end. That's why the podcasts are numbered, which seems obvious, but um, I hope I'm not alienating too many of you by saying this. But anyway, I think you're kind of along for the ride and you get my snarky, very dry sense of humor by this point. Hopefully you've gotten it by this point or else you're just not paying attention, I guess. Anyway, I'm going to stop rambling. And by way of introduction, I just want to say, you know, if you guys are enjoying the story and you want to get more of it for free, uh, which, you know, it's pretty nice of me to give everybody this uh, novel basically for free, isn't it? I think it's nice of me. If you want more Micah Reed stories for free, you can go to jimheskett.com, J-I-M-H-E-S-K-E-T-T dot C-O-M pewter. And there on the homepage, if you enter your email address, you will get the Micah Reed prequel novel Airbag Scars, plus the first book in the Whistleblower trilogy, Totes for Free. All you got to do is give up your email address, and I think that's a pretty sweet deal. Anyway, so what's new with me? I am plugging along on Micah Reed book number five, which uh, I'm not sure if I really want to tell you guys what it's about. I'm kind of what I've done with the last uh, four books is whenever they were finished, I put them up for pre-order on Amazon and later on other platforms like iBooks and Kobo and Nook. But I'm thinking that with this newest one, with number five, that I might just keep it totally a surprise and not tell anyone what it's about till it's ready, so I can just drop it. Drop it on the people's like, well, bam, here's a new book. And, um, and it'll be totally surprised. I think that might be an interesting experiment to see how that goes. I'm really letting you guys behind the curtain here, and I hope you, hope you appreciate that. I hope you really see how the inside of the author's mind works. Because that's one great thing about being, um, being an author in my position is that I can experiment and see how things work. And that's pretty sweet. Anyway, so that's enough jibber-jabber. Let's go ahead and do some recapping of the story. And like I said before, hopefully I'm intending to, after this episode, to release the last few episodes uh, that conclude the story more frequently. So uh, hopefully you might see the episode after this. Nepisode? Did I really say nepisode? I think I did. Hopefully you see the next episode uh, either in a couple days or maybe even tomorrow. I don't know yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. So anyway, by way of recap, you remember that um, Micah went back after being kicked out of the house in 1623 Caribou, right after Lila shot Rodney in the head. Micah went back, snuck back into the house the next day, and he was trying to get break into Lila's safe so that he could retrieve his cell phone because he didn't want anything tying him to the house so he could disappear without anyone knowing that he'd ever been there. 
And when he was going to break into the safe, he saw Hannah was there. Hannah was trying to get the safe open and she couldn't. Wait, no, that was earlier. But anyway, so Micah took the safe uh, to work, to, uh, to his job at the hardware store. And he ended up drilling holes in the back of it to get into the safe. And then he got his phone and at the last moment he decided he was also going to... Um, he, he got Hannah's and Garrett's passports because Hannah and Garrett are going to leave town with the priest and he got Hannah's passport so she could return to Canada. And because Micah decided that, you know, he just decided that Magda was, Magda's just a lost cause because after everything he did, Magda ended up telling Lila that Rodney was an ATF agent. So Micah's completely given up on Magda, but he decided that he could at least, uh, help Hannah and Garrett as is to still do some good while he's in town. And also in the Lila story, she has gone off to drive down to Lyman, Colorado, to Lyman Correctional Facility to go pick up Cyrus and meanwhile send Eagle off on some kind of mission that was vague and we don't know what that mission was for. So we're going to get some more resolution there. And just to give everybody a little tease without hopefully spoiling anything, we are in today's reading, we are going to see a character we haven't seen in a very long time. And that's all I want to tease about that, because hopefully it'll be a surprise when he or she shows up. All right, anyway, let's go ahead and get into our reading. Uh, this is Nailgun Messiah, and I'm about to read it to you. With the two passports secured in his back pocket, Micah left the hardware store and ventured into town. He checked his phone and wasn't surprised to find out the battery was almost dead. His charger was in the trunk of his car, but he didn't have time to go somewhere and sit for a half hour next to an electrical outlet while it charged. He needed to find Hannah and Garrett now, before they left. Frozen Dead Guy Days was in full swing. The parking lot near the hardware store was full of hearses decorated with ghoulish fake blood, skeletons, and a multitude of death-related enhancements. One hearse was jacked up like a monster truck with a row of fake tombstones on top to make it look like a cemetery. As Micah began to mix with a dense crowd of people, his senses overloaded with the insanity of the scene around him. Fake blood and guts everywhere. A group of four people in spiderweb-drenched gorilla costumes surrounded him and did a quick monkey dance with him at the center before moving on. They each had a numbered race bib pinned to the front of their gorilla fur. Next, he weaved through a dozen young women in full body paint, each of them shivering in the cold but giggling anyway. Goosebumps dotted their naked flesh. Micah couldn't remember if Garrett had said where or when he and Hannah were meeting the priest. Had they done it already? He diverted down First Street toward the reservoir, thinking he'd bypass the throng of ghouls and goblins and make his way up to the church from there. A crowd had gathered in a circle in Chapetta Park, standing around a hole in the pond's layer, top layer of ice. In the freezing water floated two guys in yellow hazmat suits, and a line of mostly naked people were getting ready to jump into the water. A girl in a bikini was at the front, and she leaped into the air, then plunged into the water as everyone applauded. Then the two hazmat guys helped her out of the hole in the ice. Micah cut back left and made his way up the hill toward Sacred Heart Church. As he shot left and right to dart between people, he came upon the parade. A line of hearses stretching back toward the reservoir crept forward, many of them with costumed demons on top, some themed like TV shows or movies. 
Between the hearses were teams of coffin racers. Each group of four or five people carried a wooden box shaped like a small version of a coffin, and they all had race bibs and themes of their own. Star Trek, Super Mario Brothers, Breaking Bad. He darted across the street through the parade, racing in front of a hearse decorated like an armored tank, complete with men in fatigues in formation, carrying plastic assault rifles. Citizen! One of the fake soldiers shouted with a grin on his face. Get yourself to safety! This is a hot zone! Micah turned his head toward the shouting long enough to miss where he was going and slam into a person on the other side of the street. He folded into a rotund man wearing a fur coat, with his face painted an electric blue and carrying a massive stein of beer. Half the beer stein ended up all over Micah. Crap, I'm sorry, Micah said. The guy howled in response and stuck out his tongue, then shook his head to wag it. He didn't seem upset, only another person caught up in the frenzy of the festival. He'd probably already consumed a belly full of beer this morning. So Micah left the blue lunatic there and pushed back toward the church, and past the rows of people, he saw Benedict, Hannah, and Garrett huddled in an alley. Wait, Micah said as he sprinted toward them. Benedict jumped forward, positioning himself between Micah and the other two, guarded, arms out, protecting them. Have you changed your mind? Micah, panting, tried not to gag from the stink of beer that had drenched his clothes. I have something for you. As he reached into his pocket to retrieve the passports, Benedict shied away, pushing Hannah and Garrett back a step. She peered around Benedict's protection. Her eyes shot wide open when Micah produced the two little books. Are those? she said. I cracked open the safe this morning, Micah said. Benedict was about to open his mouth to speak when Micah felt someone pushing him aside. A guy with fiery red hair, looming large, eyes of rage, pointed at Benedict. You sick and twisted asshole, the redhead shouted at him. I've been looking all over for you. You're going to burn in hell for what you did to those kids, you know that? Benedict, Hannah, and Garrett all took a step back. The redhead advanced. Hey, Micah said, grabbing the guy and yanking him back. Who the hell are you? The redhead turned and sneered. Out of my way, dickweed. I'm going to teach this pervert a lesson. The redhead wrestled a weighted sock from his front pocket, filled with something heavy. Quarters, or ball bearings, probably. Micah reacted. He jabbed at the guy, cracking him across the jaw. The redhead spun toward Micah, trying to raise the sock. Micah jabbed him again, throwing the full weight of his shoulder into it. He could feel the curve of the guy's chin bone against his knuckles. The red-headed attacker could feel it too, apparently, because he fell backward, bumping his head against the side of a building, then he slumped to the ground, out cold. Jesus Christ, Micah said as he checked his hand to make sure it wasn't broken. What was that all about? It's a long story, Benedict said. Micah picked the two passports off the ground and passed them to Benedict. The priest checked each one before handing them to Hannah and Garrett. Thank you, Micah. This will help. They all stared at each other for a second, and Micah didn't know what to do now. He hadn't expected it to be so easy, random redhead attackers aside. Will you come with us? Benedict said. Micah thought about it. Why not? There was nothing left for him here since Magda had permanently and forever turned her back on him. He had no reason to stay and every reason to go back to Denver and resume his life of working as Frank's assistant and going to AA meetings living one day at a time. Away from this small town craziness he'd been wallowing in for the last three weeks. Of course, he didn't need to escape with these three in some getaway car, he could just get in his own car and leave. Abandoning Nederland, 
made perfect sense. But helping Magda still tugged at him. He still held on to that little grain of hope because even though she had every reason to, Magda hadn't told Lila about him hacking into her computer. It had to count for something, didn't it? The red-headed jerk on the ground stirred, moaning and putting a hand on the back of his head. I can't, Micah said. I have something I need to do here first. Benedict nodded and zipped up his jacket. Thank you, and good luck to you then. Benedict spun and guided Hannah and Garrett back up to the church. Micah exited the alley before the redhead could get to his feet, satisfied that he'd done the right thing and some good would come out of this whole fiasco. Back on the street, he scanned the crowd searching for Magda when his heart stopped. Right across the road, holding a bottle of beer in his hand, was a man Micah hadn't seen in over three weeks. He recognized him by the big spacer earrings dangling from his floppy lobes. The same guy who had tied extension cords around Micah's hands and put a pillowcase over his head, then stabbed Micah with a screwdriver. Seth. As Lila pulled into the parking lot at Lyman Correctional, Cyrus stood near the fence with a plastic bag under his arm. He was wearing the same ratty jeans and blue button-down shirt he'd worn when he was arrested eight years ago. Same bloodstains around the collar. Lila remembered that day when they came for him. The chaos of the men in their full-body armor, assault rifles swinging as they rampaged through the house. Tear gas billowing from canisters on the floor. Something was smoking and on fire. People running, crying. No one knew how to get out or away from the men with their guns. Eyes burning, gunshots rattling. And Cyrus was ready for them. He'd had a plan, but that didn't stop the pandemonium from sending Lila into a panic attack that left her curled into a ball on the floor. When the agents picked her up, it took two of them to lift her since she refused to open the ball to them. Cyrus, leaving in handcuffs, his face bruised and bloodied as the agents, the ones who'd survived the roof collapsing, had taken out their frustrations on him, and his mouth moving, shouting at Lila, but she couldn't hear any words, only residual ringing in her ears from the blasts of the guns. The next time she saw him, he'd been in court, wearing an orange jumpsuit. The cuts and bruises on his face now healed to echoes. How badly she wanted to go to him, to hold ice against his swollen and blue cheek, to tell him she loved him and would always be by his side. She thought she'd never see him in the real world again, and now here he was, standing outside the fence, with a scowl on his face. She parked the car next to him and he opened the passenger door. He didn't look at her as he slid into the seat. You're late, he said. The skin on her arm sizzled, itched like fire. I'm sorry. It was hard to get out of town because of the festival. Traffic was terrible until I got to Boulder. Frozen dead guy bread and circuses to keep everyone sedated. Fill the people with beer and food on sticks and they'll never realize how much they need to rise up and rebel. Lila pursed her lips as she drove out of the parking lot. When she'd envisioned this day, she would see Cyrus throwing his arms around her, them barely being able to leave the parking lot because they were too passionate for each other. But Cyrus had barely looked at her. I've been thinking, Cyrus said. Rodney should go. I don't trust him. That's the first thing we're going to do when we get back, I think, is question him about his loyalty. If I don't like his answers, he's gone. For too long, we've been too lax about the rules. Lila kept silent for a moment as they joined the highway. 
Something happened yesterday. I haven't had a chance to tell you about it yet. What happened? Lila's heart pounded against her ribcage. Felt like she had a ball bearing stuck in her throat. Rodney was not who he said he was. He was an ATF agent, but I took care of him. Cyrus closed his eyes and leaned back into the headrest. Then he shot out a hand and punched Lila in the jaw. She swerved, barely managing not to hit the car in the lane next to her. Needles spread across the lower half of her face. You stupid cunt, Cyrus said. How could you let this happen? The word hurt more than the attack had. She lashed out. I brought him to meet with you right after he moved in. You said he was going to be one of God's best soldiers someday. Maybe I couldn't see it, but you couldn't either. Cyrus closed his eyes and folded his hands in his lap. Let the anger die a little before he spoke again. When we get home, we need to gather our things and leave again immediately. Mm. Eagle's making arrangements, she said. He's going to find the others and take care of them. I'm not sure what they might have seen. She didn't mention that she'd had a chance to kill Micah yesterday, but hadn't done it because she'd been too upset to think straight. When he's done with that, he's going to pack our friend in the basement for us. If we get everything out, we won't need to leave. They have nothing on us. I don't trust Eagle any longer either. He will not be coming with us. Lila squeezed the steering wheel so hard it made her hands ache. He is the only person we have left on our side, and no, he's not coming with us. He's doing something else that's equally as important. Cyrus looked at her for the first time. The lines around his eyes and his mouth, the signs of his age and mortality, he seemed to have grown ten years older in the last few days. When we get to town, he said, we need to burn the priest's church to the ground. She huffed. The priest isn't the problem. He's not the reason the website failed. Come on, Cyrus, that was ludicrous. I mean, it made sense at first, but the more I thought about it, what could he do? What power would he have to stop the truth? He smacked her again, but this time she moved her head at the last second to avoid most of the blow. As Micah watched Seth across the street, he sunk back into the crowd and took his phone from his pocket. He had 3% battery left, which should get him a minute or two of phone time. Seth was standing with two other people, each of them holding huge mugs of beer, watching the parade of ghoulish hearses creep along First Street. The parade moved along this short road from the lower end of the hill to the east, which led down to Chipetta Park in the reservoir. The show ended a few blocks west at the top of First, where a roundabout emptied into a parking lot next to the town visitor center. The three or four hundred people watching the parade crowded along little strips of sidewalk on either side of First, standing under the awnings of restaurants and tourist shops. Seth and his two companions cracked jokes and glugged their beers, punching each other in the shoulders, passed a joint between them. They all three dipped their sunglasses when a hearse full of girls in skimpy clothes came up next in the parade line. Micah keyed in the phone number. Frank cleared his throat in a wet hack before speaking. Hey, kid. Was wondering when I was going to hear from you again. You do what you needed to do with your sister? No, that, that didn't work out, Frank. My phone's about to die, so I can't get into it right now. But I have a more immediate problem. I'm still in Ned at this festival, and I'm staring at Seth across the street from me. I need your help, Frank. What you ought to do is stay the hell away from him. Maybe he looks like some small-timer, but I found out he's into some nasty business. Got more than a couple warrants out from in Colorado. 
So the best thing you can do is call the cops and let him be. Let them take care of it. Micah opened his mouth to speak, but his phone emitted three quick beeps and the call ended. He looked down at the screen, displaying an empty battery icon with a tiny puddle of red at the bottom. Spending three weeks in Lila's safe had drained the battery, even in standby mode. Across the street, a young woman hoisted a young woman onto her shoulders, and the girl lifted up her sweatshirt, letting her braless boobs out into the chilly mountain air. She howled, shaking them back and forth. A few dozen people in the crowd noticed, then cheered and snapped pictures. A cop, fifty feet away, lifted his flashlight and shined it in the girl's face. She winced away from the light, lowered her sweatshirt, and then slid down from the other one's shoulders. Interesting. Micah hadn't seen any other cops out here yet today. Were they hidden back in the crowds, trying not to draw attention to themselves? Seth and his two buddies turned away and pushed through the crowd, going in the direction of one of the beer tents closer to the park. Micah had an irresistible urge to follow and see what would happen. As Micah darted between two groups of coffin-racing contestants, then mixed in with the crowd on the other side, a bolt of inspiration struck. He knew exactly what to do about Seth and Lila to take care of both of them in one fell swoop. All right, all right, all right. That is our reading for this episode. So what is Micah? What is Micah's grand plan to take care of Seth and Lila in one fell swoop? Well, I'm not going to tell you. You're just going to have to tune in next time. Also, and I think I mentioned this back in the episode where Hannah and Magda were sitting outside the hardware store talking, but all this stuff about Frozen Dead Guy days that I that was in this um, in this reading today, it's all totally factual. Um, and if you're ever in Colorado in March, if you're near Denver and you can hoof it up to Netherland and check out Frozen Dead Guy days, it's really amazing. It's something you got you got to put it on your bucket list. It's it's an insane sight. It's an insane like three days partying and drinking and death related <laughs> death related activities at a festival you've never seen anything like it anyway that's all i really want to say this time hopefully the scheduling is going to work out and the next episode will be in a couple days um or maybe even tomorrow who knows i don't know only only the fates know apparently but otherwise uh thanks for tuning in guys i really appreciate it please tell your friends about the show don't just tell them about it tell them it's the most awesome podcast you've ever experienced in your life and that it has forever changed your life and made you, helped you actualize and become the person that you've always wanted to be. Tell them that. Tell them exactly that. Anyway, thanks guys, and I will see you soon. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to this week's installment of Nailgun Messiah. Be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes and tell your friends about it. Don't deprive them of this show. Go to www.jimheskit.com forward slash nailgunpodcast for information. And we'll see you next week.